The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or else, believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and will do greater ones than these, because I am going to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. We celebrate Mother's Day today. We also, at this Mass, have a, another special joy for us, uh, the gift of First Holy Communion uh, for, one of our, uh, for one of our second graders, Gavin. Uh, so he will be receiving our Lord in the Eucharist for the first time today. And what a grace to be able to do so, and how glad we are to be able to witness it with you. On May 13th, 1917... An event happened that would change the world. There were three shepherd children in a small village called Fatima in Portugal. And the children had received a message from an angel. The angel began to teach them various prayers to pray. And it told them that something important was coming to happen. And on May 13th, 1917... The three children gathered together in an appointed point at a particular time, and they began to rest and to pray. And there before their eyes appeared a woman. She was radiant like the sun. She was all beautiful. And they rejoiced at the occasion. They didn't know what to make of it entirely. They didn't know who she was, but they knew it was something. And much like the disciples in their first encounters with Jesus, they were afraid, but they were overjoyed. And the Blessed Mother, who was appearing to them, came to them and said simply, Do not be afraid. I come from heaven. Do not be afraid. 
She looked at the three children and told them that she would come and appear on the same day, the 13th of the month, at about the same time, the same place, for the next six months. And she would convey to them some messages. She invited them to come back each month and to continue to receive those gifts. But she started the first month with a simple question, an invitation to the kids. She asked them, Are you willing to offer yourselves to God as an act of reparation for the conversion of sinners? She asked this to children. Are you willing to be to offer yourselves to God as an act of reparation for this conversion of sinners? It's easy for us to think that it would be better for a vision to come to an adult. Someone who's got a little bit more means, they've got some, some connections in the world, they've got a little bit of know-how, they've got some experience in these kinds of things, and they would know how to respond. But that's not the way that our Lord often works. Rather, he comes to the children. So often in the world, he comes to children. Because the children don't have the realities that we as adults tend to experience. As we go through the course of our days, we come to be shaped Not only by who we are, but we begin to take on others' expectations of us. The hurts that we experience in the course of our life can sometimes put walls up between us and others that would prevent us from receiving grace. And so our Lord, our Lady, they come to the children, to the innocent ones. The ones who are completely pure of heart and willing to receive and to do even crazy things. And so in response to this question, which they didn't exactly know what it all would entail, they each responded, yes. Yes, I will offer myself to God for the conversion of sinners. They received a mission that day. And the lady said, come back in the next month and we'll appear again. So the children went off and they came the next month, as she said. On June the 13th, they showed up and Our Lady ask them to say the rosary every day to bring peace to the world in the end of the war. Again, this is in the midst of World War I. And so she gives them the means by which to carry out their mission, to carry out this mission of converting sinners, to be able to pray the rosary. And so she leaves them once more and bids them come back the next month. In July, they return, and Our Lady begins kind of a fuller explanation of what's taking place. She encourages them first and foremost to sacrifice yourselves for sinners. Make an offering of yourself. We hear much the same today in the scriptures from the Acts of the Apostles and St. Peter, of how they invite us to remember that we are members of the temple of Christ. We're part of the body of Christ, and as such, we're priests. We participate in the priesthood of Christ as he offered himself on the cross. So too we are called to offer ourselves. Taking an offering of our life to the Lord. And so Our Lady bids us come and to do the same. So she invited the children, sacrifice yourselves for sinners. Then she taught them a prayer. She said at the end of each mystery of the rosary, as you're praying, offer this prayer. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. We know it well. 
We prayed it many times ourselves, offering the rosary. And she invited them to pray that after each mystery. And then she said, a promise. She gave a promise to the children, something they needed, something we all need. Because initially she gives them the mission to be able to pray and offer themselves with conversion. She gives them the means by praying the rosary. And then she gives a promise that if you do these things, here's what you can look forward to. Here's the hope that you can cling to to keep pressing forward. And her response was, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. At which point it would be easy for some to go, what? (laughs) What does that mean? In the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. Doesn't that kind of push Jesus out of the way? Isn't Christ the king? Isn't he the one whose sacred heart is supposed to reign? Isn't he the one whose victory is supposed to be seen? It's not Mary's kingdom come. It's God's. What does it mean that my immaculate heart will triumph? Coming from this lady. And it's a simple recognition that the Blessed Mother and everything she did... She sought to do the will of God perfectly. And so the simple reality is, if Mary's immaculate heart triumphs, it's only because the sacred heart of Jesus has triumphed first. Because she always follows the will of Christ. She always follows our Lord. So if Mary triumphs, it's because Christ has. And if Christ has, we're called to participate in it. And so she gives this promise to the children. Continue to cling to this promise, looking forward to the day of victory. In the month of August, she came and bid the children simply pray, pray very much and make sacrifices for sinners. In September, she came on the 13th and echoed that reply again, saying, continue to pray the rosary. In October, October came and it was an incredible day. It would have been marvelous to behold. Our Lady indicated that on that that 13th day of October, the sixth month, that she would do something, she would reveal who she was, but that she would also do something to prove that it was real. Because it would be easy enough for people somewhere around the town, around the area, to look and to see three small children to go, they probably just made it up, huh? Clearly, the, the, the kids being kids, they're just kind of, you know, they're imaginative and they're creative. And, and the story is just getting bigger and bigger, right? And so clearly the children are, are lying. It was a presumption on many hearts. And so our lady said that on the 13th of October, she would prove that they were true. And on the 13th day, some 70,000 people arrived in Fatima to the field huge number of people to be able to look and to wait to see if it would come true. Some were there out of piety and faith, looking forward to the victory of Christ and the triumph of the heart of Mary. Others came to prove him wrong. There was a whole crowd of people there, all for different reasons. But the interesting thing is they all saw the same thing. At about the hour when the lady was supposed to arrive... She was a bit delayed, and people began to murmur a bit. See, I told you the kids were lying. We're all just standing in a field here. What are we doing? (laughs) But then something strange happened. The sun began to move in the sky, 
Not just the slow arc that it typically does through the course of the day. It began to spiral and to move up and down and draw close and push back and draw close and push back. And it was such a terrifying sight that many people thought the world was about to end. And so, like, <laughs> this was it. People were falling to the ground, like, making their good act of contrition. And everyone saw it. The eyes of faith and the eyes who disbelieved. Some would say maybe if it was just the believers who were there present, they could say it was religious fanaticism or, or some, some, some foolishness that continued to spread. One person who's delusional sees the sun moving and turns to their friend and says, do you see it too? And the other one, I peer pressure, says, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> but even those who didn't believe saw it. Even those who didn't believe still witnessed something incredible taking place right before their eyes. And then Our Lady appeared and she said, I am the Lady of the Rosary. She reveals herself as the Blessed Mother. And she tells the children that she desires a chapel to be built in that place, a place of worship and of prayer. And then she tells them to continue to pray the Rosary for peace. And with that, her message concludes. A few years back, Pope Benedict XVI went to Fatima on a pilgrimage, and he was preaching, giving a homily or a reflection to a large crowd. And he looked out and he said, with it being some 90 plus years now, it would seem that the message of Fatima was more important then, and that it doesn't need to be as well you know, encouraged or as, as strongly pronounced today. But then he said, but the reality is, the message of Fatima is more important today than it was when it was first given. Strong words. They were in the midst of World War I, praying for peace. And yet, he said that it's even more important for us today to receive that message. And so we continue to hear it. Pope Francis himself went yesterday in the, last, in the last couple of days to Fatima to celebrate this 100th anniversary of the first apparition of our Blessed Mother. And he too encouraged a hearing and a practicing of the message of Fatima. And the message of Fatima is straightforward. To pray the rosary daily. To make sacrifices for conversions and to pray for peace. Now, as Catholics, we get a bad rap sometimes for praying the rosary. Some people who are not Catholic look at us and they say, you're, you're, you're just multiplying words. And, you're, and you, know, you think your uh, many Hail Marys that you offer is working your way to heaven, which is not exactly what we believe. But there is a hint of truth sometimes that it, as Catholics, honestly, sometimes we do just mumble off words as we pray the rosary. The rosary is supposed to be prayed intently with mindfulness and devotion, reflecting on the mysteries that we're invited to take part in, to hear the gospel in short form. But how easy it is for us to pick up the rosary to start on that first Our Father and to wind up at the Hail Holy Queen bead and realize that we haven't actually thought about anything. I'm guilty myself. And how easy it can be to simply pass that time. But it doesn't mean that we should give up the rosary. 
It simply means that we must learn how to pray better. When I was working as a wilderness instructor at a, uh, for caving, uh, my caving outdoor activity, I guess under, underground activity, um, at the wilderness camp in North Carolina, one of the things that I was required to do was to be able to, to take risks that we weren't allowed to let the kids take. <laughs> Namely, if there was a certain spot where we knew that we needed to get up on a ledge to be able to, to get to the rest of the cave, uh, but there was no safe way to do it, that uh, the leader of the group, who was the, the most experienced of the group, uh, would have to climb it himself with no, with no support, with no rope, with no safety net or anything, to get to the top and then there to tie a rope off to a secure rock and to throw the rope down. That way the kids will be able to climb up and they would have the rope to cling to and hold safe to and to be able to arrive directly at the place where they were intended to go. And if you go with me by that same analogy, the rosary is that rope. The rosary is that rope by which our Blessed Mother, who already was assumed into heaven, was brought into heaven by Christ her Son, left us a rope behind, the rosary. And if we hold fast to it, it's a safety net for us. It's a security. It means that if we hold, hold to it and we continue to follow it, make our way little by little by little, we will rise safely at that final place, Christ. Because what we tie the rosary to is not just a simple stone of the world, it's the cornerstone that is Jesus himself. Our Lady leads us to Christ. One of the great ways is by the gift of the rosary. And so she bids us to do the same. At the last vision, she didn't say, All right, kids, you pray the rosary every day for six months. You can stop now. It didn't happen that way. She said, Continue to pray daily. And the message is even more important for us today. To pray the rosary and to pray it daily. So I'd invite you to do so. In fact, I'll invite you to three specific resolutions in regards to those three points of the message of Fatima. To pray the rosary daily, I will encourage you to do that. And I say that as one who struggles to do it myself. So if you ever wrestle a little bit with trying to pray the rosary every day, trying to make the time to simply sit with our Lord and with our Lady and hold on to the rope, you're in company with the priest. <laughs> if everybody thinks the priest is perfect... Sorry to burst your bubble. There are times as I go through the course of my own life of prayer that I'll leave the rosary behind for a short while. And in the quiet of my heart and my prayer, oftentimes the Lord or Our Lady will come to convict me. She will remind me, Brent, you've let go of the rope for too long. <laughs> you better be careful. Cling to the rope. Come back to the rosary. And she does the same with us. Everyone us. To pray the rosary. To pray daily. I would encourage especially to be able to pray it as a family at least once a week. On Saturdays, the day of Our Lady. Or maybe on Sundays, the day in which we're invited to, to rest in the Lord. To keep holy the Sabbath. To gather as a family and to pray. The words of the rosary are simple prayers. They're easy for the children to know. And even if a child doesn't know the prayers yet, every child loves the beads. 
So we can play with the beads to simply allow them to get used to this life of prayer. To get prepared to climb this ladder to heaven. And so to pray the rosary daily and with fervor, with love for Our Lady and for our Lord. Secondly, I would invite you to make sacrifices for the conversion of others. To pray for our own conversion, to pray for conversion of our family and friends, but also conversions throughout the world. Over and over, our Lord, our Blessed Mother, and the Church have reminded us that our prayers are not useless. That our sacrifices that we make are not useless. But they, in fact, bear much fruit. The things that we give up during Lent, we can choose to give up other things or those same things at various times throughout the course of the year. It can be as simple as picking one day a week to offer an extra little gift, a little fasting, a little mortification, to go without coffee or go without Cokes or sweets for a day intentionally, and to offer that to Christ and to know that it has power to change hearts. And lastly, I would encourage you to pray for peace. Specifically, I would encourage you to offer the rosaries that you pray for peace. But one of the things I'm also going to invite you to do is to join me in praying for peace, specifically in our community. I was in a bit of a rush today, as you may have noticed, as I came in at 9.30 when Mass was supposed to be starting. So I actually left all the cards behind at the, at the office, so I don't have them for you to even be able to pray with them. But I promise I will, I will have them brought here during the week so we can continue this next weekend. But what I would like to do is begin to pray uh, a prayer for racial harmony in our community. And this is done, uh, we have cards given to us by the diocese, a program called Building Bridges. Uh, it comes as one of the first fruits of a commission on racial harmony rooted in Jesus Christ. Um, this is something that Bishop Bunch uh, commissioned immediately following or the, um, the Alton Sterling shooting last year. Uh, and they've been meeting and continuing to reflect in, uh, on this reality in our community. Is that there still are within many hearts um, a separation of others, particularly in the place of racism. But also in many other ways, that there's a lack of peace. There's still some discord among our hearts. And so to pray for this each week. And so what we're going to do uh, from now until uh, the Sunday um, of October the 13th will be to offer this prayer immediately following the prayers of the faithful. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to put it in the, in the pews and have it in the booklets and all this for you next weekend. And I apologize for not having it for you today. But again, it's an opportunity for us to be able to continue to pray specifically for the conversion of hearts. To make it a real intention. Not something just in the back of our mind, but make it something in the front. To allow us to continue to pray for the conversion of hearts, beginning with our own. Pope Francis, when he was in Fatima for the past couple of days, one of the things that he said to the crowd who were gathered there, some half a million or so, he looked out to them and he said, We have a mother. We have a mother. Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of the Rosary. As we come to celebrate this Mother's Day weekend, indeed we give thanks to God for the blessing of our mothers, our earthly mothers who have watched over us, who have shown us love, who have shown us faith, who have already given us a witness of prayer. And so we offer prayers for our mothers on this Holy Mother's Day. But we also turn to our Blessed Mother, our Mother in Heaven. 
And we ask her to pray for us too, that we too might be able to draw close to the heart of Christ.